G'day guys, it was round one in the local leagues, round three in the pros, and our early season rituals are underway. You get jet up for the game, you're sore by Sunday, you struggle through work on the Monday, and then by Tuesday training, you're back and preparing for the weekend. Well, it's a long, hard season, and you've got to make life easy for yourself, especially during that week-to-week grind. Haven't made dinner? Well then head down to the Yorkshire Hotel for a feed. Haven't planned a venue for the Saturday night sesh? Then head on down to the Yorkshire Hotel and have a bed with your buddies. Being put in charge of organising that club function but left it too late to book a, a function room? Then ring up the guys at the Yorkshire Hotel, book their function room and have it there instead. It's on the corner of Hoddle Street and Language Road and it's your one-stop shop for all your footy viewing during the AFL season. And most importantly, congratulations. Two from two, 100% coaching record. It is 100%. A lot of blokes said, well done, first win. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Second Second win. win. Yeah, grand final reserves. Just ask Roscoe. Yeah, no, it was a good weekend for my teams. Collingwood won. Old Brighton had a win in the 19s, the team I coached, and the ones won as well, which was good. Um, Good start for the year for the boys, and yeah, happy feelings all around. Essendon lost. It's just great. Everything you wanted to happen happened. Carlton lost. It's just. Great weekend, really. Absolutely. Boston, so, Boston are going through. Haven't you know, only lost one game so far. We smashed the Yankees today. It's been a good week. It's been really good. We drew Liverpool and Everton. It's, most of our sporting teams have come through this week. So good. Hopefully, we ride that momentum wave into round four. Because round three was a bit of a bit of a down round. You did tell me last week, Gordo. Don't don't start head wobbling too early in the in the season on the pod. Yeah, may have head wobbled a little too too early. You did. We okay. strike rate of uh, four of twelve. So you know that's not great. The strike rate, but. It's all about the collects, and so we weren't that bad. So from 4 from 12, we were down 28% on the week. But our best bet got up, $1.92 for Melbourne. Our value bets, 1 out of 2 got up for 5% return, which means for the season, we're 13 from 30, which is pretty good. We've got room to improve, yep. but, you know, it's early days. But most importantly, our best bets and our value bets are up 50% return on investment for each. So make sure you're following us on the Twitters, Following us on the Facebook, following us on Reddit, looking at all our visuals, as well as listening to us on the podcast, reading the transcript, because those ones that we highlight, you need to get behind, because they are doing pretty good. Yeah, so, the, you know. The, the best bets are they, Ruffy, and our multi. They're the ones that we, we really keen on. Yeah. And, you know, our multis have been close-ish, but yeah. not, not close enough. And, yeah, best bets have been good. Value bets have been really good, and Ruffy's come through once as well. So yeah, no, we're going all right. Like some of the teams in the AFL, our core is quite strong. Yes, it's just the peripheries that need to live. Yes, and you know, probably going for twelve last week was probably a bit adventurous. A bit very adventurous. Yes. We had the head wobble on and the head fell off, yeah. and we apologise for that. But surely you would have seen some of those and gone, "Nah, boys, you're having a laugh." Speaking of having a laugh, bad beats. We were pretty close. It could have been six out of twelve very easily. Yeah. First bad beat, GWS. <laughs> So they, this is why I find it hard to rate them. Yeah. So they come in, they smash teams, they smash teams, and they finally play a really good team in Sydney. It's meant to mean a lot, and it just seems like they can't dig in. So they flip-flop the game, heaps of momentum, and they end up losing by 16 points. We said, take the game at 15 and a half. We missed out by a point, essentially. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's a bad beat. That's a bad beat, especially when you've got Toronto takes a mark in the goal square. Should go back. They had all the momentum. So it's a game of momentum swings. There was three or four goals each 
all through the game until City had, I think they had a run of six or seven. And then GWS came back on, on, on the shoulders of Patton, big Patton. And Toronto took the mark or in the goal square, had you know, all day to kick the goal, could have gone back and just slotted it, instead tried to play on and got tackled by I think it was Smith. Mm. And then it went down the other end and, and Reed, you know, missed a probably just as an easy shot, but you know, it took all the way the momentum for GWS and it probably might have, you know, made it really close and then obviously Buddy kicked that amazing goal. For me, GWS, they're missing a Ruckman, like Patton was really good, don't get me wrong, but he was playing against Camp Sinclair as not a number one Ruckman. We've seen the last few weeks you know, how important Ruckman are becoming, and I think GWS will be all right. I'm still still pretty confident with them uh, finishing top four, but I just Dawson Simpson hopefully comes in this week because Lobb's not 100. percent Yeah, and yeah, I think they're on the right path. And Sydney, well, they've copped another injury to Reed, which I had him. I'm going to talk about him later, but he's copped another injuries out for another like, eight weeks. Yeah. So get ready for more buddy goals. Is that? So it's all about in Sydney, I suppose. Is that is that is that a problem? Are they no. be, is that okay? They can Buddy can just ride his wave, and it's not it's not a big can, issue because everywhere he goes, it seems to be the issue. Like when he was at Hawthorne, was like, oh, they're too one dimensional. Surely it's like the LeBron factor. Yeah, the Cavs play through LeBron because he's the greatest player of all time. Yeah. I'm not saying Buddy's the greatest player of all time, but he might be. But he's definitely the best player in the comp right now, and so surely. Yeah, the plan is kick it to Bud, but good luck stopping him. Yeah, when he was up the ground on the weekend, like he got the footy and you just saw his peg. Like Every time he kicked it, it was just like a bullet, 40, 45 metres, and it hit tit. It was really, really... Like, he's the best player to watch, Like apart from probably Dusty. I reckon Dusty's probably pretty good to watch as well, as much as that hurts me to say, because I hate Richmond. But he's the best player to watch, and if he goes close to the goal, especially against teams like the Doggies, like, they're not going to stop him. Yeah. There's no one in that team to stop him, especially now Ace Court, he's got a week. So for me, I'd put him in the goal square, let your mids do the work against the doggies and, and let him kick six or seven. Yep, that sounds like a good one. We'll get on to that one a little bit later. The second whack for our bad beats. Speaking of the doggies, the doggies got up and Essendon was the vanquished foe. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Sometimes I hope people get, give him a spray, but this week I hope they didn't. I hope, I hope Warsfold said nothing. I hope... They came off, they had their Gatorades, they went and gave their GPS trackers to the sports scientists, they had their pizza for recovery or whatever they do, lots of salts, lots of macros, and then, you know, the captain goes over to Warsfold and goes, so when's the team chat? And he goes, no, nah, not doing one. Well, thank- you, guys didn't t- you guys didn't turn up, I'm, not, I'm, I'm clocking off. See, a- see you boys later, I'll see you. I'll see you. Whenever you want to turn up, whenever you want to turn up, Essendon, I'll turn up as well, because this is pathetic. I reckon the Fords wouldn't have given in their GPSs. They would have uh, taken it home and, and tried to get a few more Ks in it, because they were lazy. Very, very lazy. I saw some vision tonight. when uh, So the doggies would get out of defensive 50 and transition to footy. And yeah, their Fords would walk. And it happened more than once. And there was a, some footage of another player on the, in their four line who was very, very lazy, marking Johannesson. And he went on to kick a goal. And yeah, I think they uh, definitely drank a bit of bath water. They're, they're, everyone talks about their talent. Yeah, they've got talent, but I think they don't bat deep enough in the midfield. And they've got forwards that only want to do one thing. And as you see now, Richmond and Doggies and Sydney and all these teams are seeing the tone. Your forwards don't have to kick goals to be... To be elite, yeah, to yeah. be really good. They've got to put pressure on, tackle. I, I'm saying here, my forwards are pretty ordinary on, on the Saturday. We got over the line and, you know... We talked about Monday night saying you've got to give me more. And, you know, there's probably going to be a few changes to my forward line. Essendon need to make a few changes to their forward line. So is that the problem, do you think? Do you think these really bad teams and, and the team that don't apply 
pressure, these these downhill skiers? Is it because there's not, like, no accountability? Is it because there is no... Like, they don't make that sleeping change? They don't say, no, nah, no, nah, you three blokes are out this week. The last two weeks, they've allowed over 100 uncontested marks in each of their games. And they've been pretty much... They should have lost both games by a lot more than they did. Like, this is no defensive pressure. And as soon as a team... It, like show gives them pressure or puts pressure on them. They kind of fold a bit and they turn the ball over a little bit. The other thing I noticed in that game was there was only four, doggies for all their pressure, the perceived pressure. They only had four tackles inside forward fifty, mm. uh, five sorry, and, and Essen had four. So again, you look at that and you go through Essen's last few weeks of inside fifty pressure compared to their round one, and it's dropped right off. They're just teams are walking it out. So. Their back line's under, all, all of a sudden under a lot more pressure because it's coming in way too easy. And their midfield, who's already struggling, they can't get back either to help out. So I think it's A, a bit of, you know, putting in a bit, bath water drinking, and maybe a lack of talent. But they're better than what they've shown. And we'll talk about later, but I reckon you'll see... the And the worst thing is you'll see us in this week probably coming out and beat Port. Yeah. That's what I'm absolutely scared about. It seems that that's, that seems to be their thing. They are putrid against the the bottom ten teams, and they are almost phenomenal against the top eight teams. Well, and they did it all last year. Like they were they were so far like as a home underdog. So if they sneak it up for two weeks and they're under the dome playing against the top four side, yeah, they were almost like they're just money for jam last year. Well, seven, based on those numbers. well seven of the last thirteen losses have been against bottom nine teams. Yeah. So that's that's saying something. Especially when you add, you know, their finals lost that last year. So there's eight accounted for from 13. So it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And the last one was just a team I can't get a grasp on. Bad beat, Hawthorne. <laughs> they missed out on that one by three points on the cover. Uh, really, they were out of it by quarter one. And then they fought back and I was like, come on, just kick one more and we can, we can get a little bit of cash out on Sunday. Didn't happen. What do we make of the Hawks? Can we read them? Are they good? Have they rebuild? Are they, they still in the rebuild? Are they're, they better just... than, they're better than most teams. But I think they, they butchered the footy and they allowed Rance to do Rance things. We've spoken about it earlier in the year that if teams allow Rance to do Rance things, you're not going to beat Richmond. Yeah, I think he had 11 intercept marks. So he was just doing as he pleased and I watched probably halfway to probably nearly the end of the first quarter and watching Hawthorne move the footy and then watching Richmond go the other way, I thought that, yeah, nah, Hawks were cooked. I stopped watching and chucked on the other game. And I'm um, pretty, pretty glad I did because you did message me to late saying that we might be all right here. And I turned on for the last five, ten minutes and, yeah, nah. R- Richmond are, I think, still a top four team and yeah. still got a bit bit to go, go for them too. Bit Absolutely. Lots there. And uh, other teams on the up as well. Where are massive collects... We'll talk about West Coast first. Just very exciting. As long as I think their injuries can hold off. Yeah. And that was a that was a weird game. Because, yeah, Geelong fought back. I don't know what Chris Scott said to him. Maybe he's the art master of the spray. Because at halftime, they went from being a putrid team for two quarters see to it. being unstoppable. And literally, if Gary doesn't ping a hammy early in that fourth, they win. He was in... El Primo form. I don't know if you noticed, but around after half time, you know, a few of the stoppages, a few of the gang tackles, and when they kicked goals and stuff, there was a lot of motion from the John mm. players. There was a couple of plays straight after half time where, like, there was a gang tackle and they stopped and they started clapping. Like, they were absolutely pumped. And it goes back to another, there was, there was about four of them on the weekend, and there's one from Essendon as well. And there was, I think it was, um, 
might have been Sheed or um, it was Marston, I think. You mark the ball in the goal square. Again, instead of going back and kicking the goal, try to play on to be fancy. Touched. I don't know how it was touched, but goal review system, another thing. And then from that moment where West Coast had kicked like seven unanswered, Geelong went and kicked eight or nine unanswered, mm. and all the momentum swung their way. And yeah, the injuries probably cost them. And I think West Coast are pretty good. They're exciting, but they're still at a, they weren't very good defensively for me. Yeah, they don't... Are they, Around the stoppages especially. They, they just have a lot of young... A lot of young players that will do those things. Like, not that Marston's a young player, but they'll have a lot of exciting players that I think get caught up in their own momentum. So they, they don't realise that, oh no, especially in this situation, if I go back and kick this goal from the goal square, I wipe off an extra 40 seconds, we reset, we're in front by another goal... Like we now have complete control, whereas you know you never there's there's something to be said for knowing what's the flip side of your action there. So if I play on, I get I get tackled or I kick it behind. Suddenly I let them back in. It's not by much, but like I let the opposition back in just enough that I still have a sniff. And then you know they kick a goal, and then Ablett has four hundred clearances, and yeah. then like yeah. Well, the thing was a lot of them were on the fly at the stoppages, and you can't do that when you got Ablett, mm. Salwood, and Dangerfield. Like they're good enough to read Nick Nat's ruck work. I think a few of the West Coast boys like, oh, Nick Nat's gonna win it when they get this, and it had the opposite effect. And they didn't, yeah, they didn't defend very well in transition. And Hawkins, you know, was too good one on one, and they, you know, they came back and. But yeah, the injuries cost them, and West Coast ran out of time. Probably the the shorter break as well, a bit like Hawthorne didn't have as long break as what West Coast and Richmond had. So still a good game to watch. It was good to finish the Sunday evening. Yep. Notice a little trend here as well. The uh, the whack rebound. You're whack a bloke, and then the next week they'll pop up. Yeah, they listen to me. You, like, you, I've whacked you, the rucks. You, yeah, whacked the rucks. I've, I've and whacked now, the rucks and now rucks are most most important players of all time, according to every media outlet this week. Yeah. You said Hawkins is done. The game's gone past him. And then he just comes in and has an absolute blinder. Well, it helps when you get one-on-ones in a forward line yeah. and the game's that open. He didn't, he didn't move much from forward 50 either. He played deeper. Yeah, he played his role. Yeah, so, you know, when, when things happen like that, good on you. And uh, the last one, our massive collect, week after week, the untrustable demons are now our bedrock. I still can't we're trust just, them. <laughs> we're just backing them in each week. We sit there and we go, we can't back them, we can't back them. But the numbers say that we should. So then we back them and then they win. We go, you beauty. So they beat the hoodoo. That's what we were scared about. Do they get do they get into their own heads too much? No. They just cruise through North Melbourne. They didn't cruise. North got up and they looked dangerous for for a while. Yeah, but they got it done comfortably. I, I was watching Old Brighton, looking at my phone, going, if, if North win this, I'm giving Melbourne the biggest the space. biggest space, but they're in the they're in the cone of silence if they lose. Mm. So I didn't know where to go. And then, yeah, I didn't see any of the game until later I watched some quick highlights. That game and the Port Brisbane game, but yeah, it was. Uh, so, are they as good as their record suggests? They are a Max Gorn miss away from being undefeated. <laughs> Round four preview. First game, Friday night. We're yet to get a blockbuster on a Friday night. We're not about to get one here. And not get one here. Adelaide Oval, Adelaide, dollar eighteen. Plays Collingwood, four dollars ninety five. Outsiders at uh, Atmosphere Park, the Adelaide Oval. The line here is thirty one and a half. Battle of the Birds, but I don't think it'll be much of a battle. Now, look, I'm just hoping we give the same effort we've given the last two weeks. So, who? who which? Te- there's two teams in the NFL, and it shows about you know attitude and Essendon could probably take note. 
Who's forced the most clangers on opposition teams this year? Collingwood and the Bulldogs. No, North Melbourne. Oh. So it's all about attitude. Yeah. So Collingwood obviously on a man. We've got a few injuries and, you know, this probably isn't up to it anyway. But against GWS, good attitude. You know, applied themselves. Did the same against Carlton and we won. Probably should have won by more. Probably switched off about 10 minutes in the last... If we can just go over there, I know we've got, now we've got no Adams, no, and Elliot, who was probably going to be in, is now not in. Some more kids might get a run. Uh, Fasado probably comes back. Probably see a debutante in uh, Brandon Sear. Maybe Rupert Wills comes back, which is, I'm really hoping he does, because I think he could be a bit of a, you know, a little diamond in the rough for Collingwood. But yeah, us going inside 50 is pretty ordinary. It's still very, very ordinary. So I've crunched the numbers on my attacking ratings. And you're well behind um, Collingwood, and you're well behind the baseline as well. So for a team that's got the attitude, it's just that's that one thing. And it's just that last kick. Your inside 50 efficiency is 37%. Everything else is, is, is at or above league average. Yeah. But it's just that you just seem to get one kick away from getting it to your forwards, and you just can't do it. The last two weeks, are diff- apart from probably Leighton against JWS because we had no tools left and... Finlayson was just picking us off just due to personnel issues and injuries. The last two weeks, we have generally gone inside 50 and been able to pressure the ball and, mm. and like, tackles inside 50 and re, uh, just have more stoppages and you know re-entries and stuff like that, intercepts and re-entries across half forward. But yeah, we just haven't been able to convert. And I love the way Buckley's you know throwing up different mixes for it. You know, Chilwell played forward again, side bottom. You know, Josh Thomas played his best game I think for Collingwood. Crockers. For all the crap that Collingwood people give him, like, I read Big Footy because I'm a nuffy. Yeah. And some of the people just irrational on Big Footy about Crocker and Cox. Like, Cox played a role on Friday night. He brought the ball to ground, didn't get outmarked, took a few good clunks. You know, he was really good. Yeah. Did what he needed to do. Reid did what he needed to do. Unfortunately, we're not up We're not up to Adelaide. Dodies, they have a good game. Laird's going to have a good game. Gibbs, their midfield. How do we stop, you know... How do you stop Tex, Tex and Jenkins? Jenkins? But I'm more worried about, like, your Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, and Eddie Betts. We have a real problem against, you know, Indigenous forwards. They always kick goals against us. Gartlett, Betts, um, Cameron. You you watch them, they always pop up and kick goals against us. So here's a little nugget here for you. You just get on Betts, kick most goals. I bet he kicks, like, five or six. Okay. I wanted to touch this game from a punting perspective just because I hope that we give... My, yeah, my, I don't think I know it either because you have a great record against Adelaide in staying close in those games. And even last year, that, that, that horrendous... I'm sure last year you would have been throwing remotes. I was, actually, I was actually in a bar in Adelaide watching the game. Oh, lovely. Yeah, and I was up and about early because I had a few chirpies from behind, so I gave them a bit of chirp back. Yeah. And then when we drew, we both just looked at each other and shrugged our shoulders and went, eh, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm concerned that Adelaide won't go in there and just thump you because I reckon you'll hang on. And the attitude's been too good to get thumped. But... Adelaide definitely have the power to do it. Like they oh, yeah. beat they beat Stinkota by fifty, and they didn't get a second gear last week. Yeah, they they did a good enough job against you guys week four yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, but yeah. Just watch it, and well, maybe don't watch it. Maybe take the night off. No, no, watch it. I'll be watching. <laughs> All right, on to Saturday's action, and one that won't be on the TV viewing guide because it's two you know non-Victorian teams, but one that you should definitely watch if you are a football nuffy. Giants versus Frio. Giants are absurd. Favourites in this, $1.15, playing Frio, $5.50 down at Manuka Oval. They are 35.5 point favourites. 
Yeah. The Giants. I've seen a few of the ones this week. They've been a bit ridiculous. Let's 35. Six goals. I don't think... I don't think to Brownlow medalist form Nathan, Nathan Five. Yeah, Neil's been good. big old Sandy. Who's going to ruck against? Nobody. The Giants don't have a ruck. Yeah, you got Patton probably and maybe Dawson Simpson. Yeah, good luck. But what I watched last week from Fremantle, we had Lockie Neal, Fife. Ballantyne is back. He's back? He's back. He had Brayshaw do a job on Aaron Hall and he, he couldn't find it. Yeah, he, he was... Oh, we'll get to him later. You had uh, Sarah or Kara, however you pronounce yep. his name. He's very good. Pierce down back, who's just... Uh, uh, I that was amazing. It, I he's he's come back in great form. Heard in the commentary like that he might be all Australian backman now. Just pull back on that a bit. That's but three he, rounds. That's that's the Gordo head level. Yeah, You've played yeah, two games. Just, he's been good, like really, really good. But come on now. Yeah. Like, so, you know, he probably goes to Cam McCarthy and... I think as much as we're seeing the rejuvenation of the Ruckman, we've seen a different role for key forwards in the last two, three weeks as well. And Cam McCarthy did it as well. So we had Buddy go up forward and play across the middle. We've had Hogan do it. Dixon's doing it. McCarthy played his best game of AFL football on Saturday, I'm pretty sure. Or Sunday, sorry, when they played. And, uh, yeah, from what I saw of him, he was awesome. Like His decision-making's really good. His field-kicking's good. He was getting involved everywhere, and it just it made Freo a lot better team. Especially gave Tabner space down there, and he had his little small forwards as well. So I think you know. So are, you Matera, talking, are you talking yourself here into a uh, a Freo upset? No, 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 I just think and Matera's been a good pick up. He's been a lot more consistent on I'd say three rounds in, and shown a lot more than we did at Gold Coast. And yeah, I just think their backline's holding up. Their midfield's good. Their forwards good. They've shown a lot. Like they, sh- they were good for a half against Port, then they dropped away. A good round two against Essendon. A good last week against a pretty disappointing Gold Coast. The line 35.5 is way too much. GWS have been really, really good as well. But they just, for me, they lack, they lack a Ruckman. Absolutely. Uh, Patton was, don't get me wrong, Patton was awesome last week. He stood up and like nearly, nearly got them over the line. But for me, he can't ruck 100% of the game. No. And then who comes in and rucks for him? And, you know, their midfield's talented as anything. But even then, like you still got to have a, a decent ruck when you get the ball down. Uh, Toby Green, I think he might be back for GWS, and he's a massive in. So I think GWS win, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I just think with Walters as well, the the 35 point, 35 and a half points is probably too much for me. Yeah, absolutely. When I saw that line, I was like, no, nope, straight up, Freo cover. That's my plan on this game. The dog fight against Sydney last week, does that help the Giants or does that hinder them? Will they come in there being, no, actually, let's let's be a team that can actually take on the challenge, or are they going to be, no, actually, we're pretty knackered, we're pretty spent? No, no I think they've they've definitely turned around. Like, they've got a few blokes in there, definitely a bit more your your hard workers, your Lloyd and your Reed and stuff like that, who um been showing a bit, Finlayson's been showing a bit. I think, I think they've got the right sort of mix this year, and there's a few guys who probably come in, like Griffin's been really good in the twos, a few other boys, um, so... I think they've got that hard edge still in this year. I've seen it even against Collingwood. GWS a few years ago, even last year, probably would have just laid over and let us beat them. Yeah. They probably would have done the same. They probably could have lost by 40, 50 points in Sydney. They came back. So for me, I think they win this game and they'll, they'll show how good they are still. But I just don't think the 35 and a, five and a half is fair on Freo either. Yeah, absolutely. So I reckon they cover. And so Josh Kelly has really struggled this year for a bloke who had... You know, big numbers put against his contract last year and all these clubs 
he's averaging like 20 touches this year, but he's averaging more tackles. Yeah. So I think he had 10 tackles against Collingwood and stuff like that. So that shows again where Javier Surratt, like he's sacrificing his own game now to make sure they win the contested footy. So that for me is a massive turnaround for them. There we go. Big old thumbs up from Baz, the coach for GWS. The second Saturday game, Richmond at a dollar ten. I don't know the last time Richmond's been a dollar ten against anyone. They That's deserve, absurd. They deserve it. Uh, against the young Brisbane Lions, who are seven dollar outsiders, the line here is an absurd forty two and a half, um, and they're over under one hundred eighty two. The bookies are just just tipping the bathwater on teams here, tipping it. Because it's too much, but anyway. The forecast here for Melbourne is is questionable, so it could be a bit of a wet one. Yeah. Um, which will obviously put a massive spanner in everyone's works there. But um, can the, the young Lions are playing good footy. Fagan's got them good, and Hodge plus Fagan equals the Hawthorne brand, and they've just gone, let's insert the Hawthorne brand into the Lions with a bit more mongrel, and uh, I've got some good, some good performances. They're not going to get done by more than 40 points. This is where I worry. Oh. They don't have the four line and Ransom and Asprey don't have a field day, I think. I, I don't see Brisbane kicking a score. The only upside I can see is Beams comes back in. Mm-hmm. some strength. That midfield, you know, did a great job last week. And again, Steph Martin was awesome. We've heard all about it. Has big man Nankervis, has he started to drop off a bit? I think he's just started to not be not be overperforming anymore. Yeah. I've never rated I've never rated him as much as ever like obviously we won the granny last year. I asked based a lot, of, a lot of that season was based off his rucking out of his mind. Yeah. And everyone's going, no, he's such a good ruckman. I'm like, no, he is he's he's a good ruckman who who had a great patch. Like yeah. the Bulldogs did. Yeah. There were plenty of players in that premiership year that played out of their skin for like ten weeks and then you see him drop off a little bit. Yeah. I think he's just gonna he's going back to being what Nank is. Because he hasn't been great the first three weeks. Nah. And I think Steph Martin, uh, I've heard a few people say this, and I'm, you know, if he played in Melbourne, which he did, hmm. he would be rated probably up there with the best ruckman in the comp, but he's probably you know out of sight of mine kind of thing. He's been awesome for the start of the year. For, like, he was awesome against Melbourne, probably almost got the nod over uh, Maxi Gorn. He was awesome again last week against Port, but mind you, he wasn't playing against an, a ruckman. He had Dixon and Westhoff who... Don't get me started on that. Uh, I think he's now a big say in this, but for me, if it was a dry day, Richmond would probably cover that line. Wow. I think Brisbane have been up for three weeks. They've had some close losses. They're a really, really, really young team. There's probably going to be a few changes because, you know, Rayner hasn't shown much. Like he's shown glimpses, but he's probably going to get dropped back and a few other players tried out. So I could see a bit of a slip for a week or two here for, for Brisbane. There you go. So a couple of things I found in the uh, archives... So, yeah, two concerning ones that suggest the line would be in play. Uh, Richmond won both their meetings last year against Brisbane by an average margin of 41 points. It's a lot of points. Uh, and Brisbane are 3-10 and 10 against the spread away from home. So they don't travel well, and most young sides don't. Um, I've gone with Richmond 139. Yeah, this one cool. at $2.40, especially fair. with the drizzle. Yeah, it's probably fair enough. But I wouldn't be surprised if they lost by 60 either. Yeah. So, but I'd definitely just take Richmond at 139. I reckon it's a pretty safe sort of bit. So, Drizzle at the G. They won't be under the dome. The doggies. The rejuvenated doggies. The sing it twice doggies. What's your take on that as, as a coach? Would you ever, in times of crisis, is, is the second round of the song 
really worthwhile? Is it worth the media hype that's going to happen afterwards? Or do you dig your own little grave here? Uh, we actually did it on the weekend, to be fair. You sang it twice? Yeah, so obviously uh, we had 15 or so... Debutons? Uh, Debutons in the 19s, and we got in and sang the song, had a, had a good singing of it. Now, generally, I don't get involved in the song singing unless I'm playing, but I, I did for this one. You know, the players deserve all the credit. Like, yeah. They're the ones doing all the work. Um, so, yeah, we walked aside, and it was funny because I, I was actually prepared for everything to happen. Like, I had everything. I've been worried about it all week. But post-match speech did not cross my mind at all. So I was actually kind of didn't know what to say. I was kind of a bit, well, what do I do now? Like, I'm just relieved the day was done and we won. Like, it was just whole build up of things and yeah I said what I had to say and then the head coach was there and just said you know we've done well because you know we're missing probably five of our best players who were playing seniors which is great for the club and great for them you know we really scrapped out a tough win we could have done it the easy way and had them playing with us one by 20 goals but we didn't do what we needed to do and you know whatever and the president stepped in and said yeah welcome to the club we're all a part of it blah 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 let's sing the song one more time so at the time, I was a bit like, oh, well, yeah, it's a bit silly, I think. And I probably, without being disrespectful, probably is a little bit silly. But I see what it, why he was doing it, though. Um, yeah, for me, the doggies sing that song. They've copped an absolute barrage off the media the last few weeks. And it was a, a sign of solidarity. Yeah. Obviously, Bevo got them mentally prepared and pumped them up for, for this game. And they came out and showed, like, how good they can be. Yeah. But for me, I... I've always heard, you know, coaches say when they do these sorts of, like Harwick said it before, it never really goes to it because generally you can only get it once or twice out of them a year before yeah. it loses effect. So my worry is that they might be a bit... They've been it early, yeah. A bit flat this week. So, and Sydney will be awesome. Like Sydney, they have a few injury concerns, obviously, with Reed and Zach Jones might be back. He's a pretty important part of that team. But I like Lloyd and Cunningham and a few other like of the Sydney players that added a fair bit of depth that... You know, we talked about last year when they had all those injuries early in the year. They got these blokes' games, and now it's starting to starting to pay off. Reed would have been massive for them. I think Reed, Reed and Sinclair, if they play fully like they did last week with Buddy up the ground, how do you defend that? You can't. Yeah, you there's, can't. there's no 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 club in in the competition has three elite tall defenders to cover all three of those guys. Yeah, and they pose such different threats as well. Like no one's tall enough and fast enough to go with Buddy. Like even even no. a rant struggles. Yeah. Then you add two more tools that can mark, go in and play one on one, or come off the ground. You, you're cooked. Like Phil Davis, we talked about last week, would have been prepared, and GWS would have been prepared for Buddy to play deep. Yeah. Pushes up on a wing and probably one of the most influential players in the game. But obviously, Reed's not right, so Sinclair's going to have to step up again. But I think it doesn't matter. Buddy just moves back the goal. We all get to see him kick bags, which is great for us. And it's whether the doggies and the young boys, like, you know, your Richards and those sorts of blokes can stand up again. Like English was awesome in the ruck against uh, Bell Chambers and he was quite influential for good kids to play less than 10 games. There's a few other, there's the, uh, the the Zav boy as well. I can't remember his name, escapes me at the moment, but he's played at Xavier and he's been at, on Carlton's list and he played a good game for Doggies up forward. Big stocky little bloke. So for me, I think Sydney win. Do I, they cover the 15 and a half? Because that seems, that seems very small in a round full of 30 plus lines. How do the dogs go from, oh, uh, they're not talking to each other, they're not kicking each other the footy, to being within three goals of Sydney? Yeah. Who are premiership favourites now. Yeah, I, I think Sydney cover the line. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 
I'm a bit worried that what whether the you got to be worried whether the dogs have older back as well because if the dogs are older back then it just becomes a much tighter game. Yeah. But for me, I, I don't know how Sydney's record is. I should have checked the Sydney's record. So Sydney have won 12 of the last 13 games that Eddie had. There you go. So yeah, Sydney definitely, and they definitely covered a line. And as much as, you know, the dogs have older back, the dogs are conceding points out the wazoo at the moment. So they're conceding 101 points per game. The worst in the AFL is a very small sample size, which includes that massive blood against the Giants. Take that what you want. But uh, I don't think anyone... Anyone in that team, in the Bulldogs team, can't really cover Buddy, which is shown by, in his last six matches against the Bulldogs, Buddy has kicked 22 goals. So you take Buddy to kick most goals. Mm. Which you would forever, every week. That's <laughs> just the first one you do is, uh, Buddy most goals, tick. But yeah, I think Sydney cover comfortably. And yeah, the only thing I, I feel like, the thing they need to, the, the Swans need to find between now and the finals, and it's a long time, obviously, is to prove that their reliance or so-called reliance on Buddy isn't a bad thing, because that's that's currently everyone saying, oh, he's just too much of a focal point, he's just too much of a focal point. But at the end of the day, it's that LeBron factor. You give the ball to your best players. No one's saying you know that Richmond relied too much on Dusty. He just gets all of the pill, and yeah. gets it done. Same thing for the Swans. Swans do it comfortably. Do they go to twenty-five plus, or are you going to just take the line and a dollar ninety-two? The line's the safest bet, I reckon. Yeah. But yeah, you also. Yeah, line safe bet, 25 and a half if you want a bit extra cash, maybe same game multi, whatever if you can. Yeah. You also got the Swans, the best clearance team in the comp versus one of the worst as well. So, mm. you know, and probably Sinclair, English can't back that up two weeks in a row. Talked about with, Char- with Charlie Kerno. So, yeah, I think Sydney, just more you look at it, more I think about it. Yeah. Definitely cover that line. Saturday night action. You just meant to be a good game. You just meant to be an absolute hummer. You've all played your amateur sport. If you're not playing up at the pro level, and you, you settle in, you go, what are we doing tonight, boys? Well, we better watch the footy first, then we'll work out what we're doing later on. And we go, who's on tonight? Oh, what a great game that will be. Not this one. The North Hobart Kangaroos are hosting Carlton down at Bloodstone Arena. The line is minus 10.5. That just shows. If Carlton is only giving up less than 12 points to a team, that other team they're playing is not very good. What... Is going on here? Can't believe I'm about to do this, but I'm tipping North. I'm tipping North too. I don't see Carlton winning a game. Oh, don't start saying that shit because you know what happens whenever anyone says that. <laughs> it happens that week. But you, even last week against you guys, they just didn't look like they had anything in it. No. Like, yeah, they they kicked some early goals and done it. They've done it each week. They've kicked some early goals, got a bit of a roll, and then with the other team works into the game. And I feel like. A lot of teams are approaching games against Carlton like this will be an easy win. Because for all intents and purposes, it should be. And they just seem young, they seem small, and they seem a bit not soft as in the sense that like they have no tick or a heart, as in literally soft, as in easily beaten in the contest. Yeah, so I've been a massive fan of Paddy Dow. Like he's been one of my favourite players to watch the last couple, like last year or so in the in the development leagues and coming through. I would have picked him at Collingwood. Pick one about it like that. He's one of my most exciting players. I, I feel, in my opinion, I've never seen him butcher the ball that much in the first few weeks, and that's just all under because of the pressure he's under compared to obviously underage footy, and just he doesn't have any time because all the players around him, have, you know, played the same amount of less footy, a, than a, he little, has. a little bit more footy yeah. than he has, 
And there's no mature bodies like Daisy Thomas, Cruiser, Murphy and Simpson are pretty much the only ones. And then obviously you've got Jones who's struggling. So you watch Jones and he's trying to intercept marks. So he's trying to read the ball and he's trying to help out his defense. He's, he's trying to leave his man to, to you know... Yeah, impact the contest, yeah. yeah. But he's getting caught in between because their midfield's getting smashed. He's, he's playing his own role, waiting. Mm. So he's getting caught out. And, and that's the same with Weedering. Like Weedering's playing his own role which obviously Bolton's trying to teach him because they want to play more attacking footy. They want to intercept Mark and take off. But they're getting smashed in the midfield, which means that they're getting caught out. And then they're caught out one-on-ones trying to body bigger blokes and they're not winning. And they're getting free kicks against them and all these things. And their four lines aren't going to kick enough. Like they're four, unless Charlie Curnow turns it on. He's a gun player. And again, he went to the midfield on Friday night for periods and pushed up the ground as well. It was the only time they looked dangerous was when he got near the footy. I just don't see him kicking enough against North Melbourne with Brown. Mm. The only thing that might favour him is it's meant to be pretty wet and shit weather in Tassie. So, yeah. um, I think it's going to be 18, windy. It'll be crap conditions. It's always windy, yeah. So, for me, I'd take the unders in this game. Just, that's it. I wouldn't back either team just because it's a shit game. But I'd back the unders. I think it's, unders is like 174 or 175.5. Uh, and yeah, it's maybe an interesting game, especially at night. So, it's interesting there for a couple of different reasons. My first talking point, though, is how how long does Brennan Bolton have? Because well, he's on a rolling contract. Other other coaches seem to get whacked. So, like Richardson got whacked this week because Sinclair were listless, and they're not as young as Carlton. So they they obviously have a bit more of a time frame here. And it's like, well, what are you going to do? Like you've had to, you've been there for five years. What are you actually doing? Like yeah. you can't just not show up to games anymore. So for him, he just seems to spin it so well. Like he goes to a, he goes to a press conference every week this year. They've been beaten and beaten convincingly. They've performed well in different ways, and he's just meant to pick out a little a little positive to give to the media and be like, "No, no, we're we're going all right. We're we're doing what we need to do." That's, it's like, but you're getting thumped. And their two's got pumped by over two hundred points. Like, the, oh, you are actually points just getting thumped. Yeah. So do, does he need to? And this whole commitment to playing aggressive rebound footy, well, you can do that, but you don't have the players to do that. You yeah. don't have you, they, you can't def, you can't play rebound football unless you can defend properly. And even Judd said, you know, Monday night, that's part of their evolution. So just just got to stick with it on 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 our footy classified. So they're obviously going to stick to it. I I wouldn't if I was them. I'd be going back to defensive and trying to win a game or something to get some confidence up. Be interesting to see what changes they make where they actually. Bring back Harry McKay, or sorry, bring out Harry McKay, bring back Savani, um, and drop Weedering and see what happens. But or make a change, put Weedering forward, see if you can get offer him something down there. Yeah, for me, look, I just think North are probably a bit better, and if North beat them, then that's probably when the pressure will be turned up. Carlton can be thankful that Essendon and St Kilda have had absolute stinking starts the year, and they've been building themselves up all preseason as Carlton are flying under the radar. Yeah. But look, to be fair to Carlton, they've had 42 list changes in the last three years. Hmm. And apart from the traded out players, which there's only a couple, only two of those 42 are on other AFL lifts. They've had a massive clean out of you know, dead wood. That's just, you know. yeah. So they've got a lot of new players in there. They've got a lot of young players. So they're, they're going to develop and it might be might be three steps back, one step forward. As, in one, as, as opposed as, to the half step. As opposed to the one and two. So yeah, for me, North... And I'll just take the unders in the game. There you go. So, depending on the weather, because these games usually go over, so North play Hobart really well, 
They're usually quite high scoring. So my initial take was actually to take North the cover and the over because those two go hand in hand. Very weather dependent. The other little gem I found was any go- any player to kick five or more goals. Yeah. And I think that will either happen with either Brown or Kerno. Yeah. So that's paying $2.30. So that might be my play. And then, yeah, weather, two crap teams, too hard to pick. But yeah, any any player to kick five plus. Maybe you think a little if, Easter egg. If North kick a score and North win, he's kicking a bag. He's he? kicking a bag. Yeah. yeah. They actually haven't been that bad, North. They're pretty, they, some of the youngsters are pretty handy. They're actually going all right. Like for a team we shit can a lot, mm. apart from that good Friday game, they're good against Gold Coast up there in, in Monsoon. Yeah, they're, good against Gold Coast. Yeah. Like they put in all the effort. Yeah. And I talk about effort. They, you know, they tried hard against um, St Kilda and they won by, you know, a lot, a yeah. lot in a pretty ordinary game. And like last week against Mel, they weren't that bad. Like Jared Waite was up and about as well. So he's another one that could kick a bag. So yeah, North actually putting a lot of effort in and they played to... Gold Coast. Yeah. St Kilda. Yeah. And then a wobbly Melbourne with a with a seventeen game hooter. Yeah, I know, I'm just saying. They haven't proven themselves yet. Yeah, they haven't, but they've been better than Carlton. Yeah. And that's why they're gonna win the weekend. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying like we should probably no. while they're out of the cone of silence, we should probably give North a bit of you know. I'll pump the tires up when they beat something good. <laughs> Do we have to wait till St Kilda beat North before North go back into the Cairns? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's how, that's how it goes. Do they play each other again? Or? Oh, imagine. Imagine. <laughs> and then uh, to round out the Saturday action, West Coast versus Gold Coast. The coast-to-coast rivalry. West Coast, pretty sensible. $1.16 favourites here against Gold Coast. $5.30. Again, the line is six goals. Is that about spot on? I think it's about right. Yeah. Freer beat them by 28. West Coast better team, more capable of kicking a high score. So you think it's probably about right. They probably will cover. It's not something I'm going to touch. But for me, I think West Coast. I know Gold Coast has stayed there the week. Yeah, how much of that does it have a, have as an effect? Do you reckon? I don't know. I thought it'd be alright because you get to acclimatise and settle in and be a bit more comfortable instead of getting on a plane. It's just it's just interesting to see on the small sample sizes. So like AFL women's, and again they're semi-professional, so travel will just skew them around anyway. But the Melbourne girls went to Fremantle and then they played their next game in Alice Springs. And they just they went from being really good and, you know, gonna be the grand final shoe ins to like almost Nothing. did not could yeah. not even pick up a footy after that week. I think especially because with Gold Coast being a young team, a lot of these kids wouldn't have done like a whole week away. A lot of them wouldn't have done a week away without the comforts of home. I think it just it just it just screws with your, with your body around a bit, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and you know that's now what ten days in Perth. After a while, it's kind of like oh, I'm sick of living out of my my suitcase and living in a shoebox and all that kind of stuff. So the player that impressed me most for West Coast last week was Shepard. Mm. In the set marking down back, he was pretty good. Gold Coast for me. It worries me when a bloke like Aaron Hall gets taken out by a fifth gamer, and he had zero influence on the game. And we've seen this before with Aaron, where. He, you get he's a good outside player gets lots of the footy but when he gets tagged he doesn't get near it and I think that that they lost a bit of drive because he gave him nothing even when he went forward he just gave him nothing so I don't know how Stewie Jew my my man my my god yeah he seems like a pretty patient sort of sort of a bloke he wouldn't be make rash decisions but I have a feeling he's also for culture he might just send old Aaron back to the Magoos to learn something and bring in someone else but I don't know who that someone else is. Um, 
and for me, I just think that West Coast have way too much more firepower. Yeah, and, and depth, like, just the contributions they've had, everyone was like, oh, Kennedy's out, won't be to kick goals. Everybody's kicking well, well, goals. Now Ryan's out yeah. with an injury, so... But there's still enough there, even with those two out. For me, the, the play here is... So I've, I looked at the value because Gold Coast let midfielders off chains. So Ed Kerner, I've got 38. Um, last week, Fife and Neil at quarter time had about 16 each. Fife went and had about 37. Neil had 29. Uh, round one against you know those conditions, Cunningham got Cunnington, sorry, got plenty. So for me, I, I'm looking at Dom Sheed has been awesome so far for West Coast this year, just playing out of his skin. It was really good on the weekend again. And Shuey as well. They're both around the value. And even Elliot Yo, like I probably wouldn't put this in as a major play, but if, if you're listening to the pod, I'd pick one of those three to get 30 or more disposals. For me, I'd probably go Yo or Shuey because I think they're more likely. Um, Yo was pretty quiet last week and playing that forward sort of role, I think he might push back into the midfield this week. And uh, yeah, for me, and even Jared Lyons has been averaging high twenties, and he's a, been at Gold Coast best player by far. He's at three dollars to get thirty or more as well. So have a look around that, and otherwise I'd watch because the line's about right. I could see West Coast just smashing them, but for me, I'm just backing my man Stewie Jew to not allow that happen. Yeah. So the history is against him in that fact, though. So the Suns have only won one match in Perth from eleven attempts, and there's some big spreads they haven't covered. So, I think I think West Coast cover, but we'll we'll leave that up to the listeners and a little Easter egg there. Now the danger game. We're going to the dome. The line is six and a half points, and it's Warsfolds, listless bombers, two dollars twenty six outsiders versus Port Adelaide, a dollar sixty four. People are buying into the bounce back hype here. How are Port? Only seven-point favourites against the Bombers. Those Bombers. Those listless Bombers we saw last week. Bounce back hype and the fact that this is where Essendon generally pop up and win a game. When you're least expect... They did it last year. They did it two or three times last year where you look at it and go, how are they, they going to beat this mob? Bang. And then they just come out and beat them by 10 goals. Then the next week they lose to someone like North. And that's, so- that's what everyone's worried about. And that's what I'm worried about as well. Looking at this game, I'm thinking... How the hell was that four line to start functioning all of a sudden to kick a good enough score? Port don't aren't playing with Ruckman. They're going to play a first gamer. All reports he's going to play a first gamer. Belchamber's got towered up by a fifth gamer last week. Surely he doesn't let that happen again. Port's midfield bats way deeper and is a lot stronger. Loves a contest. Loves tackling. Loves putting the pressure on. Essen's midfield that doesn't do that. Stringer's been ordinary, Sard's been ordinary, Smith's been okay, but all the other Dyson Hepp was trying to carry this, you know, this team on his shoulders with probably merit you can throw in that uh, as well. They lose Connor, so some pace from the back line. McGrath probably needs. I reckon McGrath needs to go back across half back as well because he just he takes you can take a small forward and then Porter got plenty of him and he just has that bit of more composure and ball skill out of the back line. So he's probably a good replacement for McKenna. Because up in a wing in, in, in the midfield at the moment, he's not finding enough of it and being influential enough. And I think he was better for Essendon and better for himself. He went back. Just while they haven't got McKenna and stuff like that, the, the, and even Saar, they're not pro- providing that run and carry and, and dispose off half-back. Support will be missing Pepper because uh, he broke team rules. So this is another thing I was looking at as well. Like they were let, So Port 
allowed their players to have a drink last last weekend because they had an eight day break. Said, yep, go have a drink, blah, blah, blah. A few of the boys stayed a bit late. So they've taken the piss a bit here. They're thinking, you know, they just beat Brisbane. They should have lost to Brisbane if you watched the oh, last few minutes. they're taking the piss. They say, go have a drink, and then someone had too much, and they stayed out too late. That's not taking the piss. That's being a they young just person. Beat, they just beat Brisbane. They should have lost. If you watch the last three or four minutes again, yeah. a bit more composure from, you know, a senior player in Christensen gives a handball or a bloke running past instead of trying to kick a miracle guy himself. You know, it's things like that. Brisbane win that game. And I bet you they wouldn't be out in the piss on that night. I bet you Hinkley would have said, no, boys, you just lost to Brisbane. Eight-day break or not, you have tonight off, no pissy-pissy. But no, you let them go out in the beers and kicked it back in his face. So, like, there's a few things that, you know... A few warning bells? Worry me. But I just look at all the clearance and stoppage stats when Essen lose games and the... the the amount of marks they allow against them, all these things, if they're just got to bring the right attitude. And I'm going to tip Port. I'm not going to touch the game just because I'm worried about Essendon. But I just can't... At the same time, I just can't see Essendon turn around because I just don't know how they kick goals and how... What, Danaher's all of a sudden going to start kicking straight and, you know, he's one of the worst kicks in AFL at the moment statistically. Mm. So, yeah, but... No, it's all about stats here. It's all about our preseason prediction of power going all the way to the grand final, playing the Swans in the grand final at the end of the year. The Bombers are crap defensively. They concede 100 points a game already this year. Power third, 74 points a game. Power of the sixth best clearance team, averaging 41 a game. The Bombers are second last with under 30. The Power don't, don't just cover the seven points. They smash them under the dome. Yeah, they, they mucked up on the weekend. They bounced back and they go, we're sorry, Hinkley. You've backed us in. You gave us some leash. We hung ourselves. We're coming off here to show a point. The Bombers are no good. We've been saying it all year. It's not time to jump off board. They cover seven points. I know all the stats don't lie, but sometimes the, power the stats don't speak. cover this game. All right. I am videoing your call. The power cover. That's, that's your play. That's my best bet of the week. Okay, if this doesn't get up, can I... Oh, you can cut whatever you want. You can, yeah. you can, uh, you can make a little like a heroic meme out of me. Oh, no. But, but yeah, look. this is this is this is the best bet of the week. Port do this, and they get rid of their flat track bully. Remember last year they were the flat track bullies. They were they were second only to Eston in being flat track bullies. This is when they prove their point. And they go, we are premiership contenders because we will beat, we will win every game we've meant to. They would have lost last year to Brisbane. The Wizards have fallen off. Oh no, we can't do it. We're being challenged, but they worked out a way. They didn't play their best. They still got the win done. And Brisbane played out of their skin. Well, Seven man an absolute blinder. Essendon are in crap form. They're under pressure. <laughs> and they are weak. They are weak as piss when their media gets on their back. They have been for a long time. Port come in, do a job, take the points, go back home, and they stay off the pissy pissy. Well, I've, I promised myself this year I'd tip my head and the stats. Like I always do. And, and it works when we do it. But and not let my heart speak. My heart's speaking here, but you're coming over the top. Yeah. I'm let you take that. All right. Best bet of the week. Port to cover six and a half points. Another tricky game. Hawthorne. Two dollars sixteen outsiders. They've been outsiders a lot this year. Yeah. And just slim ones, real tasty ones. Anything around about two sixteen, you're like, that's good value. Yeah. I should just I should just bet on that just because of the value. It's not ridiculous. It's reasonable. It could happen, and it's a good good collect. Melbourne, a dollar seventy favourites. The line here is five and a half points. 
Both teams have two wins, one loss. You'd think they're around about the same. But I actually think Melbourne's a better team here. But can they do it again? Can they prove a point again? This is a game that they should win. If they want to be the top four team that everyone thinks they should be, they should, they should just walk out onto the MCG and be like, thank you very much. We'll have the win. We'll do it by 18 points or more. I but I don't trust them. I can't trust them either. And you know why I can't trust them? Because they're Melbourne. <laughs> but they keep allowing big chunks of scores against them. Yeah. So in the round one, I think it was 47 and a half points in the first quarter that Geelong scored against them. In against Brisbane, there was again 40, it was around 38, 39 points. And even last week it was the same against North. So they're allowing teams for, to kick six to eight goals against them in, in, in one patch. Yeah. Which just isn't good enough defensively. They've got, they recruited a high profile player in Lever. And yes, everyone's like, oh, he's in his third year. But they paid a lot of money for him, gave up a lot for him. He's been pretty ordinary so far. And it's because they've made him accountable and put a bit of pressure on him. But they didn't do that Hawthorne last week, the Rance. So could this be the game where Lever gets a bit of rope, toe rope and he actually does something for the money they pay for him? I don't know where to go here. The two probably best ruckmen in the comp, statistically, apart from Grundy, I suppose. So Gorn and Big Boy McAvoy go at it. Battle the midfields, Amira versus Mitchell. You've got to find a way to to stop Mitchell. Mm. I mean, Cochin did a pretty good job of it on the he weekend. He did a stellar job. He still had a big influence, Mitchell. He did, I yeah, Mitchell had a big influence, but Cochin still, he still restricted him. And then he went and made him... I think the way he actually... You've got to make Mitchell accountable. Mitchell accountable. Yeah, so it would be interesting to see how the D's handle that. There's also been... What what worries me about the Demons is whenever they... Like, so round one, before round one, Gordon wrote a big article about his life's changed and how he's done all these things. And in the last week, he's wrote another article about Nathan Jones. So whenever they do that sort of shit, it worries me that they're just... You are a coach now, aren't you? You're, you're, you're a proper footy coach now. You're scared of the media. You're scared of teams getting ahead <laughs> of themselves. You, you, you're around telling the media manager, no, no, no interviews for my boys. If the body, you know, the old Brotonian's newsletter comes out, no one's speaking to them. We're not getting ahead of ourselves here, boys. <laughs> yeah, you're a proper football coach now. It's ridiculous. I don't know, I just... Blokes write articles. Yeah, but he, they, it doesn't have an effect on him. It does. He doesn't, doesn't sit there and be like, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to have a headball now because I can put words on a page." Well, you put up words on a page and missed the goal from fifth out directly in front, which cost him the game. They are coincidences. They're not coincidences. They're bar for a drinking time. Anyway, for me, oh, this is my best bet of the week. For me personally, yeah, demons win. Poor, not a chance. I don't and touch the, and this they, one. And they cover the line. Oh, so you're backing the boys in? Yeah, I'm backing them in. I'm going in, all in. So we're going two. This is okay. This is each side. So they win and cover the line. Yeah, that's your one. If it yeah. blows up, I'm going hard at you. That's all right, and I'm never touching Melbourne again. And for mine, Port is my best. Hmm. But if it blows up, you get to go hard at me. Yeah. Because we don't dis- we we in disagreement here for the first time all year. Yeah, we've actually disagreed on two things. That's that's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, I was gonna leave it alone. I was actually going to wait and hope that Melbourne became underdogs and then jump on them. Well, look, if Melbourne get out to 180 before game starts, then that's just back in the win. Mm. But I was still taking like, you know, the line. 1 to 39. Yeah. 1 to 39, not the line. 1 to 39. There we Melbourne. go. Four. Value from Baz. Yeah. So long as Melbourne does any media commitments, because, you know, they're, they're devastating. And to round out the week, 
What a game. Geelong, $1.22 at home. Cadinia Park in Geelong in front of the worst fan club of all time. There's nothing worse than Geelong supporters. Shoutouts. Against St Kilda, $4.35. The Lions, 30 points. Both these teams are one and two, but uh, I think Geelong are going to absolutely smash them. Why did they take Ablett to Perth? Because he almost won them a game. He's played two games of over 90% match match time. And he never travelled with Gold Coast last year. So they take him to Perth, he pings a hammy. They've, they've wrecked his season, essentially. He's an old man. He was already he was already carrying a sore ankle and shoulder. At quarter time, he was seen with Chris Scott. Chris Scott's cuddling. You okay? You okay? Yep, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. So he's already carrying a few niggles. And the worst part is there's blokes there, well, people. There are people there at that club whose job it is to manage workloads. Because before the season started, Abbott was obviously sick of the hole. He doesn't travel. He doesn't do anything. Well, at the end of the day, this is arguably the best midfielder that's ever played the game. And if he wants to manage his career so he can play a few more years, he has the right to do so. Because when he plays, like we saw, he's better than everyone else. But, so he got sick of that, and he's like, I'm going to prove a point. I'm going to play 22 games this year, play finals, win a flag. Now, someone had to go, no, you're not. Yeah. Someone's going, you're playing 14 games this year and four finals and we win a flag. Yeah. And if you don't like it, stiff bickies, I'm the sports scientist, I'm managing your loads... You're not on that plane. Yeah, because he only played six... He only even still... Like, I know he missed 16 minutes, but he only played like six, 58 or 60% of the total match time as well. Hmm. So he's obviously carrying something. They've travelled him over there. He's in a miss... They reckon a week, but bullshit. Gary Ablett's 34. He's got history of calf and, and hamstring issues. So he's in a miss three to four minimum. Hmm. And it just seems like silly. Yeah, and I know Selwood's carrying stuff as well because... You see his output lately, and he, he definitely hurt himself against Hawthorne, um, sorry, Melbourne round one, and he's carrying that knock, but he's a different cat. Mm. He could probably he could probably play with a broken arm and dislocated shoulder and one leg, like that's the sort of bloke he, he is. Yeah. So for me, it just, that just seems stupid, and it, yeah, like they're going to beat St Kilda because St Kilda are absolutely ro- rubbish. Like I, I've never seen. I watched round one against Brisbane, and I thought Brisbane should have beaten them. Like everything's point, but. St Kilda showed a bit more class with their ball use. I don't know what's happened since then because against North they were horrible. They were horrible last week as well against Adelaide. That was one of the worst games I've seen this year, Adelaide St Kilda. I turned it off at half time, watched the other game. And I just can't see how they turn that around. And the, the fact that it's only five goals baffles me. Because you think Geelong, Menzel will have a field day because who's going to play on him? Carlisle's too busy sucking, so Hawkins will be by himself. And. Apart from Jack Stephen, they're and who's gonna kick the goal? Like I think Josh Battle's coming in, and um, I think you'll see the end of Bruce and McCartan for a while. So who's gonna come and kick their goals? Their midfielders aren't that good. Their ruck's been horrible. Like it's just gonna be a disgusting game, I think, as well. Cause yeah. <laughs> apart from Dangerfield, what's there to watch about it? Like it's, I reckon it's, this could get real ugly. Yeah. So. In terms of the attack ratings, the only thing that stops Geelong from being a really elite side going forward is they don't get enough inside 50s. Yeah. But when they go inside 50, they're hugely efficient and they rarely miss their we shots. We saw that against Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, their shots are goal. 
They're going to get stack loads of entries yeah. against St Kilda. They could kick 200 points. Yeah, well, you're... Like, legitimately, this could be that game they had against Melbourne well, where they just embarrassed a team. This could be the end of Richardson's career. This, saw, could be, this, could be, this could be the line in the sand moment. You saw Big Sav play well against you know, mm. his, his fellow countrymen and Nick Nat. Whether he can back that up, I don't know. But I think, yeah, Tomahawk and, and Menzel and like, Kelly's been really good and... You know, Ethan Guthrie, I know he's injured, but his younger brother's been pretty good. Um, but it just and it also brings in other blokes who have been, been struggling to get a game, like George Hall and Smith and stuff like that, who who want to prove themselves and don't want to get dropped. So I just don't see how Secura can. Yeah, good luck. And no one beats Geelong at Geelong. Correct. Like nobody. Yeah, the other one that scares me a lot is that even if they are messy entries, the Cats are the top ranked contested marking team this year. With thirteen and a half per game, yeah. So there's no like they're for, like as much as you say that they got no one to watch. It's actually a pretty good team. Yeah, well, Man Goal has been good. Yeah. Half it's been good. You know, Blickcar's played the ruck last week. I don't know why, but he did. Hmm. Um, you know, Cockatoo looks good, but he kept getting injured. You know, and Kelly yeah. Kelly shows a lot of composure. And it shows, you know, he's a mature age and he was very, very good last weekend as well. The only reason why they get a bit of a whack is because Geelong fans think they're a top two side and in yeah. reality, they're a three to six side. Yeah, even like Duncan, like he's a pretty handy yeah. player. He's going to step up this week without Ablett, so... But, they yeah. cover. They cover easy. Five goals, too easy. Too easy. Geelong cover. They're... That's rounding out the games there. What a, what a yuck way to finish your weekend. <laughs> Moment of truth, selection committee time, Baz. What are our best bets, our values, and our multi for the week? Uh, well, my best bet is probably uh, yeah. I'm taking I'm taking Melbourne at dollar seventy at currently, so I probably might push out a bit more. So I reckon Melbourne to win. My value will be Melbourne one to thirty nine. All right. So uh, my best bet is Port to cover, which is seven points. We'll roll with your value bet as well. You roll with Melbourne 139 for the value? Yeah. Where are we looking for rough? My roughie was going to be North Melbourne to cover and the overs if it is dry in Hobart. That's $3.50. I'm pretty pretty happy with that. Yeah. My my roughie would be Menzel most goals. He'd be around four or five bucks. If 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 weather and stuff doesn't play a part, I reckon Menzel... He kicks he's kick a goal in every quarter pretty much. He had a bit of a quiet one in West Coast, but down at the Cattery, I think he's gonna have a pretty good game. Yep, no, we'll take that as well. We'll have those two values. And then my multi was a pretty safe multi yep. they came up with. But it was Fremantle to cover thirty five points, Port to cover the six and a half, and Geelong to cover the thirty for seven dollars. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice. So my multi of the week is Sydney at the line, Geelong at the line. Melbourne one to thirty nine and Port just to win, which is a dollar sixty four. Yep. And that gets you thirteen dollars ninety. Cool. Let's we'll taste that. That's that's so you got your your sure thing and your and your value and your multis as well. Yeah. Bit of a bit of his and hers in the in the this feature the, bets this week. We've, we've had a bit of a split well, yeah, amongst the, ranks. Well, it's the first time in three weeks we've had a bit of a split. Yeah. But I know I, I trust you and you're going to put it together nicely in your little document. Yep. And. uh yeah, we'll see who's bragging next week. I know last year when we did this the first time, 
You had the bragging rights. Correct. I think I still am the yeah the holder of the bragging the bragging belt. So yeah, we, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's nice to get a bit of head wobble up. So correct. We'll see how we go, and we'll sure we'll banter about it next week. Absolutely, and probably on the socials as well. Always, 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 always. All right. So that's the end of our selection committee. That's the end of the podcast. Any closing remarks, Baz? Anything you need to to spruik on behalf of you, yourself as a as a future coach? Oh, I'm just looking forward to playing this Saturday at Old Marcel and hopefully another win and hopefully the boys get the job done down at the uh, fortress that is uh, St. Bede's Mentone. So, oh. Yeah, don't know about... Heading to the fortress. Oh, yeah, smallest oval in the comp and you put, win one game there and you call it the fortress. I think... Uh, Buffalo. Sounds of, like Buffalo to me. Hopefully the, the old boys uh, get down there and the, all the young lads playing tear it up and we beat them. Absolutely. And as I've always said, if you had a bit of a loose end, well, what to do Friday, Saturday, or Sunday night, head down to our friends at the Yorkshire Hotel. And we'll see you